Once again, I want to ask you to talk to the Lord. We are together again. Just praising the Lord. We are together again in one accord. Something good is already happening. Something better is in store. We are together again. You talk to the Lord. The Lord is here with us. His presence is here. He has said, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. Yes, we are not in the sanctuary yet. But wherever you are, gathering together with your family, the Lord is there with you. There's no distance in the spirit. And I want you to know, I want you to know that the Lord is there with you and I am also there with you. Because this voice is coming into your homes. And you hear the voice within the voice. You hear him clearly in your spirit. You will know what to do. Understanding will come to you. Wisdom will permit your very being. Direction will be clear to you. You will not walk in darkness. There will be a visitation from heaven for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you because you are new every morning. Thank you because you do new things. You love your people. And I'm asking you to do that. Oh Lord, that only you can do for them. This morning in Jesus name. We give you praise. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, as you travel with us, even on the pages of scriptures. Let the world, let the entrance of your world bring forth light and understanding to the simple. Our hearts are open. Our eyes are open. Our ears are open to hear from you, to see what you're saying, to be imparted and be transformed. Thank you, wonderful Savior. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. I would like to take us once again to the scriptures from Numbers chapter number 10. Numbers 10 from verse number 1. Remember, we've been on this journey for a little while. The four dimensions of church life. These are no longer strange things to us. If I'm right, if I, my memory serves me right, this should be at the number nine. This should be about the number nine uh, the, uh, tape or the number nine teaching that I'll be doing on the four dimensions of church life. But today we'll be looking at celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. So let's go to uh, Numbers 10 and I'll start to read from verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, note that once again. The Lord spoke to Moses. I've been emphasizing this. Why is this? Because it's important. Faith begins when the will of God is known. I've said this many times, even during the weekly Bible studies. Don't embark anything. Don't take a step without hearing clearly from the Lord. Oh, zeal alone will not get the job done. Oh, being zealous or being just, oh, I desire to do it or it looks good. Those are recipes for disaster. 
because you know if you're just going on a frolic of your own you don't have the backing of heaven you don't have the resources of heaven standing by you be clear in your mind let it be clear to you this step that i'm taking is of the lord is the one that is leading me then you can go with confidence you can go with faith knowing that he will not abandon his own and the lord spoke to moses saying uh what exactly did he say to moses verse number seven and when the assembly is to be gathered together let's go to verse seven uh, when the assembly is to be gathered together you shall blow but not sound the advance when the assembly is to be gathered together first dimension of church life assembly we are to assemble together uh, people have said oh pastor yeah you know we've been enjoying these uh, live brokers how about when we return to the sanctuary uh, will, will, will it affect it no there's a place for live brokers there's a place for sanctuary worship the two of them are very very important yes live brokers for those who are unable to either by virtue of distance or by virtue of incapability to be in the sanctuary but if you're able to be in the sanctuary and you just stay away you are missing out on something don't forget that god is the determinant because he's the one who bestows blessing is the one who is at work in us he wants us to gather together that is why we should not forsake the assembly of one another there's something called power in corporate worship one will chase a thousand two will chase ten thousand then how many would 10 of us, 20 of us, 50 of us, 100 of us, 150 of us, 200 of us, Chase. You can imagine what will be accomplished when we come together. If you are unable to, either because of distance, if you are unable to, either because you are incapacitated by one thing or the other, God, Jehovah knows, Jehovah sees, and he will still cause whatever has happened in the sanctuary to accrue to you. But if you just stay away, because he said there's no availability of life brokers, you are missing out on a major thing that's what the bible says the first dimension of church life is when the assembly is to be gathered together when the assembly is to be gathered together he said assembly must gather his people must gather together he said together you shall what blow but not sound the advance not sound the advance i've spoken a lot about this what is advance making progress in god taking steps further in your work with god god wants us to know him better and better and better as each day unfolds the bible says he who descended is actually the one who ascended and he gave gifts unto men he gave some apostles and he gave some prophets and he gave some evangelists and he gave some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edification of the body of christ till we all come i've said this i'll repeat it pastors you are to train your people you are to equip them so that they can do the work of ministry oh when you know pastors it's important that people are trained all of us god has given us a pulpit the pastor will have an equipping pulpit but all of us will have one pulpit or the other whereby through that pulpit you are advancing kingdom through that pulpit you are sharing with others what god is doing through you what god is doing with you so that other lives can be transformed and you can do that when you remain a baby have you noticed that babies are only concerned about themselves they only care about what they want they're only concerned about their needs 
But God wants us to grow. So we are thinking about others. So that what others are going through is a concern to us. We want to stand together. They want to work together so that you can be a helping hand to other people. When you, be, when you are like that, I'm telling you, it God will pass many things through you. You become a resource center to others. God will pass resources through you. He will pass finances through you. He will pass wisdom through you. Why? Because you have been a blessing to others. Did you notice that when Abraham was called, he said, I will bless you, but he didn't stop there. I will make you what? A blessing. Whatever God is doing for you, you're supposed to be a blessing. Through you, others have been blessed. Others have been encouraged. Others have been strengthened. Don't be, God does not want us to be a dam. God wants us to be channels. So that we don't dam the blessing. Have you noticed that any seed that does not flow will die? Things inside there, that no living thing. Go to Dead Sea in the Middle East. You can't find any living thing there. Why? Because it's not flowing anywhere. Everything there is, that's why it's called Dead Sea. Everything inside there is dead. There's no living thing there. The moment the water is flowing, life is flowing. So let God flow through you. Hallelujah. I say, let God flow through you. Verse number eight. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets. And this shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, I've spoken a lot about warfare. I've told you that this is not talking about physical warfare. This is not talking about, oh yes, Pastor said, when we go to warfare, and this other person is my enemy, the other person is our enemy. For Israel, they face physical enemies. But for us as Christians, don't ever forget we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. When you go to war, it's a matter of when, not a matter of if. When you go to war in your land, against the enemy who oppresses you. Then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you'll be remembered before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. God's intention from the very beginning was never that any one single man would be fighting his battle alone. Or why would he ask them to do what? To sound the alarm. The alarm was to call the entire congregation together so that everyone can be prepared for war. And they can go to battle together. Amen. Knowing fully well that there's power in corporate gathering. There's power when we're standing together. Say, when you go to war, don't go alone. Sound the alarm with the trumpets. And you'll be remembered before the Lord your God. And you'll be saved from your enemies. When was Eve tempted? Answer me. When was Eve tempted? I can hear you wherever you are. You know, in America, everywhere, I can hear you. When was Eve tempted? When she was what? Alone. Oh, turn to your neighbor. If you're alone in the room, wherever you are, say to yourself, I won't be alone. And if you're together, maybe as a family, say, turn to your neighbor there and say, don't be alone. You are not supposed to be alone. We are supposed to be standing together. 
We're supposed to be fighting together. We're supposed to be advancing together. We're supposed to be sharing together. That has been the purpose of God from the very beginning. It says, when you sound the alarm with the trumpets, you'll be remembered before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. Verse number 10. Verse 10, it reads, and I quote, Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. There shall be a memorial for you before God. I am the Lord your God. Also in the day of your gladness. In the day of your gladness. I've spoken a lot about this. In the day of your celebration. And in the, in the day of your appointed feast. We've been looking at those appointed feasts. What were the appointed feasts that God gave to Israel? What exactly were they? Well, I will take us to Exodus 23. And we can read it there. And we'll see there. Yes, mentioned specifically were three gifts that were emphasized in Exodus 23. Let's go there. Exodus 23. It reads, and I quote, from verse 14. Exodus 23, from verse number 14. It reads, and I quote, Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. Three times. How many times? Three times. You shall keep a feast to me in the year. You shall keep the feast of the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread? You shall eat the unleavened bread seven days as I commanded you. At the time appointed in the month of Abib. You shall eat it seven days in the month of Abib. Don't forget, at this time God changed the calendar in the middle of the year. Because Abib, our Nisan, is actually what we call the month of March. According to our own calendar, the normal calendar, the year begins in January and ends in December. But during this time, God changed the Jewish calendar. He said, no longer will that be, but now your own month will start in March. God can change the calendar in the middle of the year. Hello? That means no matter what you're going through, no matter what your experience is, when God intervenes, God can what? God can alter. God can alter. God can change and redeem what the enemy has what? Deformed. God can reform it. God can change it. God change it for them. Because before then, it's been bondage, oppression. They were in Egypt for 430 years. And the last 30 years was oppression, bondage for them. And God said, I'm changing everything about you. Oh, I believe God. That's to step out of this June. And we step into July. Because by the end of June, even here in, the, in our governmental affairs, it's like the year is actually coming to an end. As we step into July, you will be stepping into newness of life. God changed the calendar for them. He said, now I'm changing it from April. For in it you, you, you came out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Verse 16, and the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the fields, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you've gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field, three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord. Number one, the feast of the unleavened bread, or what we call the Passover feast. Number two, 
the feast, the first fruits. I mean, the feast of harvest, or the you know, and then the feast of ingathering. Feast of ing. These three times he gave them, they must appear before him. All males must appear. Everyone must appear before the Lord, or else they will forfeit their blessings for the year. Nobody, if you are sick, you have to drag yourself to the assembly. No matter whatever you see, in fact, it is in getting there that you receive your, the healing to your body. Everybody must gather. You had no excuse to miss out on the gathering. Can you see how important it is to gather to assembly when the Lord calls for it? Calls for it. So these are very important. And in your solemn days of the festivals, what exactly are these three key festivals that God gave to Israel? One, mentioned Passover, when they left Egypt, the deliverance that took place, they were, the power of the bondage of Egypt was broken over them. They were set free. God started a new calendar for them. He said, this will be the beginning of months for you. Number two, Pentecost. Pentecost, it wasn't called Pentecost in the Old Testament. It was called the Feast of Weeks because they were to count seven weeks after Passover and this will be 49 days, 7 times 7, 49 days. Then the 58th day, called it the Feast of Weeks. Pentecost simply means the 58th day. The Feast of Pentecost. And then finally, the most important, the third most important one, the Feast of Tabernacles. We looked at Pentecost last week. And for the past one or two weeks, we've looked at uh, Passover. And then today, we're looking at what? Tabernacles. Two key things about this feast. Note this. I've mentioned it. I'm again repeating them. Number one is this. They were the feast of the Lord. They were what? The feast of the Lord. It wasn't something that they just decided to do. It wasn't something that they just, it was not their choice. It was God who gave them the feast. Three key things, two key things. They were the feast of the Lord. It was God who gave it to them. And he said, this, this will be holy convocation for you. Meaning that they were not to treat it lightly. They were not to treat it anyhow. Because God gave them. And he gave them because of a purpose for them. And let me say this. You know, the Old Testament is shadow. The New Testament is what? Substance. The Old Testament is pointing something to the in the new, and that is why whatsoever and and in the new Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. Whatever thing that has been fulfilled in Jesus were ordinances to con, to be continued by the church. Continued by the church. So when he gave them the feast, there was something he was pointing towards, something that those things were supposed to represent later on. And that is why Jesus died on, during Passover. So that it would be a thing that will be, you know, perpetuated forever and ever. And that is why up till tomorrow, up till next year, we still did it this year, we're still celebrating what? Easter. The time of, Christians will not celebrate Passover like the Jews, but Jesus died in, during Passover and we will celebrate Easter to represent the death 
the barrier and the resurrection of our Lord. The time when not just Israel was delivered from Egypt, when the power of Satan was broken over humanity. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is alive. The power of death was broken. The power of sin was broken. That is why we can walk free. The, the, the Bible says that, you know, the, the, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of life is available in Christ Jesus. When he died, when he rose again, we were delivered from death and we were given life in Christ. In the name of Jesus. And as many as will embrace him, not just practice religion, embrace it. Because there's a difference between religion and relationship. There's a difference between that. What is religion? Religions are what? You know, observe, observing just ordinances. Religions are do's and don'ts. Having a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. The Bible says, from that we should turn away. That is no relationship. Religion is when we have a form. Religion is when we say and our heart is not connected. Religion is when we do things without word, without any connection, without any direction from the one who is actually the head of the church. Religion is when we follow ordinances without the input of the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, this will be the three things that will mark the return of Jesus. Number one, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. That took place in the Azusa Street Revival in 1906, 1907, 1908, 1909. The Holy Ghost was poured out. And then people started speaking in tongues again. Oh, before then, the church was almost dead. Life was not there. People were just observing ordinances. They were just going there. It was just a form. Let's just go. But something happened in Azusa in 1906. The Holy Spirit was poured out. There was revival. I didn't know what happened. Also, with that revival, there were so many things. There was, there was a great awakening. People suddenly, the, the, the reality of godliness hit people. And it, was so, it became so real. God became so real to his people. Because of the impartation of the Spirit. Number two, he said there will be the, 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 the world. The world, whereby revelation will come from the world. There will be insight from the world. There will be understanding from the world. People will read and they will understand. He said the world and a lot of revelation have actually come to the church. But he said that which will precede the return of the Lord will be what? The combination move of the spirit and the world. And I believe that's where we are. The combination move of the spirit of the world. And that is why Satan is our great wrath. Knowing fully that his time is what? Is short. I have news for you. Many have said, this thing about coronavirus, we've never seen it before. It has never happened before. Not in our generation. Not in hundred years. We, we don't, what, this is so strange. It is. And I'm telling you, there is an indication for us. Because God would never have allowed it if there was nothing for us to learn from it. God allowed it because of his plan, because of his purpose. This is giving opportunity for church to shine. Arise, shine, for your time has come. The darker the world is, the greater the opportunity for light to shine. And not only that, Satan knowing fully well that his time is short, is causing a lot of havoc. 
But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, the church is going to world. rise higher, shine brighter in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is why I want to invite you. Don't be a sympathizer with the church. Be a partaker with what God is doing in the church. Amen. Give your heart to him. Become one with him. Oh, become one with him so that the benefits and what God has done will also accrue to you. Amen. We live in exciting days. I'm excited about the future. Excited about the opportunities that are available. Because the Bible says when others are saying they are down, it's time for the church to shout that we are lifted up. And many people are saying they are down now. But we will be shouting we are lifted up. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Oh, it's from victory to what? To victory. For you, for me, for as many as belongs to the Lord. Go to the back of the book. Hello? Go to the back of the book. We, we were not defeated. We didn't get to the back of the book and say, oh, oh, no. Go to the back of the book. We won. Check it out. We won. Satan was defeated. The name of Jesus is proclaimed victorious. And he's alive forevermore. He's not dead. He's alive forevermore. I, I, I'll take you to where the feasts were now explained. You know, in, in, the, in the book of Leviticus. And the Lord spoke to Moses from verse 1, 23. Leviticus 23 from verse number 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the children of Israel, can you say that again? The Lord spoke to Moses. What? Speak to the children of Israel. Saying, the feast of the Lord, we shall proclaim to be holy convocation. These are the feasts of the Lord. Let me, let me say this. How do you also know that you are not engaged in religion? You are engaged in relationship. When the Lord is speaking to you and you are speaking to him. The Bible is the Lord speaking to you. And through his spirit, there are things there, there are things maybe not directly written about the Bible that you need to know about your life, which will share with you. Your prayers is you speaking to him. As you speak to him in prayers, he will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his spirit. If you are in church and you don't hear from him at all, You've never heard from him at all. There's never been any time that something's touched your heart. There's never been any time that you are corrected. That you said, don't talk like that. Don't behave. Don't say this. Don't do this. You've never heard that. It's time to re-evaluate whatever you're doing. It's time to sit down and say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't be. Because God wants to talk to his people. He loves his people so much that he wants to share with them. He knows the end from the beginning. That is why he's God. So he wants to share his heart with you. To let you know. to let So that you can hear. So that you can travel in the direction he wants you to travel on. But when you are not hearing. When no message is touching you. When you just hear and then you just, okay, that's what pastor is talking again. And then, oh yes, let's quickly finish. And then we have this program coming up, two and a half men who want to go and quickly watch it. Oh, there's something that you need to still, you need to adjust there. That heart is not connected to the heart of the one who created you. That heart is not open yet. And it's called religion. 
Religion will not lead you to where God wants to take you. It's only relationship. Relationship is the currency of the spirit. So speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Note the word again there. I'm bringing something new to you that I've not brought before. It's called proclaim. Proclaim. What does that mean to proclaim? Just hold that, and I'll come back to that. He said, proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Now go to verse 23. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, because in Leviticus, actually, God went further and gave mention seven feasts. But now we're picking the three that are core feasts that he emphasized earlier on. So in 23, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, which is, you know, the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath read, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Here you have what is called the Feast of Trumpets. All in the seventh month. Verse 26, and the Lord spoke to Moses again. Can you see? The Lord spoke 23. The Lord spoke 26. The Lord spoke number uh, verse 1. And also on the tenth day of the seventh month shall be a day of atonement for you. It shall be holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. You know, this is what is popularly known in Israel today as the, as the, uh, as the day of uh, as Yom Kippur. Or the, it's called the day of atonement. Yom Kippur. All of these are celebrated in the, month, the seventh month, which is October. Remember, if you count it, April, first month, May, June, July, August, September, October. October is the seventh month for them. For us, July is the seventh month. But for Israel, October is the seventh month. Because God changed the calendar for them. Then verse 33, the Lord again spoke to Moses saying, this is now talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. Speak to the children of Israel saying, the 15th day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. The Feast of Tabernacle is actually the last feast given to Israel by God. The first one, Passover, that we looked at. Then you have the Pentecost. Then you have the three ones I just mentioned today, trumpets, and then uh, you know, Day of Atonement, and then Tabernacle. This is actually the last feast that God gave to them for seven days to the Lord. He said, you shall observe this feast for seven days. Remember? When is the feast celebrated? Seventh month. And it's what? The seventh feast. And it's celebrated for what? Seven days. And it's the only feast that God gave to them that they were to celebrate for what? Seven days. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days, you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly. You shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is sacred assembly. You shall do no customary work on it. Yes, 37. These are the feasts of the Lord. You shall proclaim. Again, did you hear the word there? Proclaim. Proclaim to be holy. 
convocations to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a bond offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings, everything on its day. 38. Beside the Sabbath, beside the Sabbath of the Lord, beside your gift, beside all your vows, beside all your free will offerings which you give to the Lord. And also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day, there shall be Sabbath rest. And on the eighth day, a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourself on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Verse 41. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. Can you see? He kept repeating it. You shall do this for seven days. Shall do it is not an accident. God does not just repeat something, yes, for emphasis, but because of the significance of it. For seven days. Because seven is the number of completion. Seven is the number of perfection. So this feast was to represent completion and perfection for the nation of what God has been doing for them. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. It's actually the, it's actually the feast where the harvest from the farms were brought in. Let's continue, 42. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in boats when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the fees of the law. There are key points to note here. Number one is this. I mentioned this. I started talking about this. But I will emphasize this. The major theme in all these fees is gratitude. The major theme, why did God give them the feast? To give them a platform to express gratitude. That's the major thing. Gratitude. Gratitude. For what God has done. And what God, for what God has done, and what God continues to give, special displays of what? Mercy. Kindness. Providential care of God should be particularly remembered. When we recollect what God is doing, when we come to him to give him thanks, to give him praise, to give him adoration, when we're expressing thanksgiving to him, when we're showing our gratitude to him, is an opportunity to receive more. It's an opportunity to receive what? More. Gratitude will unlock for you greatness. If there is a person who knows how to say thank you, you are likely to receive more. An ungrateful heart is an unfeeling heart. It's an unloving heart. It's an unbelieving heart. It's a disobedient heart. Ungrateful people will never be great. We need to pray that God should deliver us from the scourge of ingratitude. The feasts were given to them so that they would return to say what? Thank you. Express their gratitude. Express their thanks to God for what he's done for them. Next week, as we'll be waiting on the Lord, 
one of the things that we'll be expressing to God is our gratitude to God. As we wait on him, even before making new requests to thank him, I stand here to testify that no one in this assembly has contacted. Nobody. God has delivered every one of us from the scourge of COVID-19. Sometimes it's right to the left. Sometimes it's right to the right. But God has just been so faithful, keeping us from this scourge. And we have a number of us who are doctors, who are nurses, who are working directly. And one of us is even a surgeon, working directly with patients all the time. And there's possibility that there could be just this one. But God has just been so faithful, keeping everyone. I have returned many times, and I'm again returning before the assembly today to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for keeping us as a people. Thank you for keeping us as a church. Thank you for keeping our children. Thank you. None of us have been sent out of job because of COVID-19. Or instead, what I've been hearing is God promoting his people. Some of us are even acquiring properties, even during this COVID-19. Oh, some of us are, can you see the goodness of God, the, the faithfulness of God, the testimonies, and, you know, just thanking God. Because the more we thank God, the more we do more for us. I want to thank God for that. I want to thank God for his provision. I want to thank God for how he's been keeping us. I want to thank God for, for the fruit of the womb. I want to thank God for what God has, for his protection. God, let me tell you something. These are five things that the Lord is to me, and I'm giving it to you that he'll be the same to, same, same to you. One, he will be your Lord. Number two, he will be your Savior. Thank God, or he'll be your Savior and your Lord. Number three, that Jesus Christ will be your healer. Thank God he's a healer. Number four, he'll be your provider. Number five, he'll be your protector and your defender. So we're thanking God for that. I thank him all the time. Say, Lord, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for being my healer. Jesus, you are my healer. My body belongs to you. Thank you for keeping it. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are my healer. Thank you for being my provider. Thank you for being my protector and my defender. Now tell me, when God is your protector and your defender, what can COVID-19 do to you? Amen. So it is essentially to what express our gratitude. That is why there are five key things that this feast represents. Five key things. Number one, it represents completion and perfection. The seventh feast. The seventh feast celebrated on the seventh month for seven days. Seven, seven, seven. Completion and perfection. Thank God for Pentecost. But Pentecost also celebrate the first harvest. Tabernacle is when they celebrate the main harvest. It's actually Tabernacle that is the feast of harvest, the fullness of harvest. That is why, you know, <laughs> God told them, celebrated on the seventh month for seven days, and feast is actually the seventh feast given to them. 
Because of what he represents in the spirit. Completion and perfection. Number two. This is the feast where God commanded them and said, Come and bring your gifts. Pay your vows. Because by this time, a lot of the harvest will be coming in. And said, This will be a proper time for you to come into the temple bringing your personal gifts to God, your vows, your free will offerings. Bringing this to God. Amen. You should even have a practice that you, you don't appear before him, what? Empty-handed. But in this feast, he commanded them. Don't just show up. Don't just show up. Come. Why? Oh, God. But some people say, well, I don't have anything. It's not true. There's nobody who doesn't have anything. In fact, let me say this. Don't belittle what you have. I was looking at this at the apostolic school, training school in the morning, and I was looking at, you know, the, the, the widow who had nothing. Her husband was dead, and the, and the creditors were coming. And he went to meet, meet the prophet. They oh, what do I do? And the prophet said, what do you have? And the widow replied, nothing except this little oil. He said, that, that particular little oil is actually enough. Bring the little oil. And God used the little oil to make provisions for her and her son. They were provided for during farming. They, they, he said, go and gather the, uh, the, 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 the containers that you have. And she got a, a, a few. Well, I can't maybe that's where the level of her faith was. She got a few containers. And God said, pour the oil. As she continued to pour the oil, the containers were being filled. But where did it start from? Very little oil. There's nothing. You may, it may be little. But God is the God that did what? That exceedingly and abundantly and above all he's asking for is you come with your little come oh i don't have much come with what you have why is he is he interested in just taking what you have because he wants to multiply it remember the woman uh, the, 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 you know when god jesus fed the five thousand he said, what, what do you have? He said, oh, we don't have anything except this little boy with two loaves and five fishes. He said, two loaves and five fishes, that's enough. It's, it's not for God. Your little is not for God. Amen. And the whole thing is not even what you are bringing. It's about your heart. It's about your heart of gratitude. You know? Because how will you get more when you're not willing to release the little that you have? Hello? Is a test to say, if you can bring this little... Then you're a candidate for more. So he told them, when you're coming, come. It's free will offering, meaning that you are not forced. It's not something that you say, you must do this. No, the tithe is what is ordained for them. This is the tithe. But when it comes to offering, you decide it. You decide it. Come with free will offerings. Come with. Number three, he said, you shall rejoice before the Lord, your God, for seven days. This was the only feast of the seven feasts in which rejoice was specifically commanded. That means you are not just going to come. In the Feast of Atonement, it was a time to what? To, to just look, re-evaluate a few. But in the Feast of Tabernacle, it said, come with rejoicing. Come with rejoicing. Let me tell you something. Learn from this to celebrate your special days. Celebrate your special days. Your wedding anniversaries, your birthdays, celebrate your special days. God loves celebration. 
Oh, I thought God just wants us to come like this every time. No, 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 no. That is not, that is not. <laughs> There's a time that we do what? There's a time that we, we, we chasten ourselves. There's a time we go into praying and fasting. But there's a time also that God wants us to rejoice and thank God. Celebrate your birthdays. Husbands, celebrate your wives. Wives, celebrate your husband. Celebrate things that are special to you. Celebrate your wedding anniversary. Celebrate the things that are special. Celebrate them. When you learn to appreciate, whatever you appreciate will appreciate. So God commanded them. He said, come! We're rejoicing. Come! Then number four, in the Feast of Tabernacle, he commanded that the nations will go through the reading of the word again. Will go through. They must come before God reading the law again. Let's go to Zechariah 14 from verse number 16 to 19. Zechariah 14, 16 to 19. Zechariah 14, 16 to 19. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations... Left of all the nations, which came against Jerusalem, Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts on them, there will be no rain. <laughs> if the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no word, no rain. They shall receive the plague from which the Lord strike the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Are there consequences to choices? That if a nation will refuse to worship the king, he said it's going to open the door for plagues to strike the nations. Look at, look at this pandemic. What is happening to our world? Has it not become almost, the, 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 almost fashionable to flout that we do not believe in God? Go to nations. Nations who started, you know, whose foundations were, were based on Christianity, worship of God. Many are turning their backs. When you turn your back to him, to the one that will save you. Then who do you run to when disaster comes? Have you not noticed the fear that has gripped many? The fear that has gripped many. When the Lord is not your protector and your defender, then who will defend you in the day of challenges or in the day of trouble? He said, when the nation will refuse to gather, rain will also be withheld. Is rain not directly what related to harvest? Which means that even when you gather and gather through your labor at a time, because the, the one that is protecting the harvest and watching over it is not there, a time will come when the enemy will come in and scatter everything. Look at all the resources that nations have gathered. Have they not been what? Completely expended during this pandemic? Everything is really, really, and are nations that cannot even do anything. When before pandemic, they were already broke. Then what, what happens after? What happens after? There's something I want us to note here. 
which has been emphasized here. This is the only feast that God gave, not just to Israel, but to all nations. It's actually in this, in this feast. This feast became a precursor to the eventual return of Jesus, where he will bring the Gentiles and the Jews together. That is why in Christ Jesus, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither Gentile. There's not, oh yes, oh, from this or that. There's neither. And that is why in him, there's also no color. In him, there's no word, there's no gender. You don't discriminate against anyone based on skin color, based on gender, based on animal. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one. So the Feast of Tabernacles was actually to establish that. Because every other feast, only the Jews could come. But in tabernacles, God said, let all the nations come. Because I'm bringing the nations together again. And I'm telling you, before the eventual return of the Lord, there will be a great harvest in the nations of the world. There will be a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. Don't forget what God spoke to us last week. As we return to the upper room, the heavens will open. Lives will be transformed. And what God is doing will affect and start to impact the streets. And not only that, you now see God, God, what he did, he now said that this will be something that will continue. As we, we will return, as we return, heavens will open, return to the upper room. It's time to, I told you last week, it's time to, have you returned? It's time to return to the upper room, return to the place of prayer so that heavens can open over you. And that is why we're having this Three days of praying and fasting corporately. I spoke to us individually last week. But next week, or this week, this weekend, coming weekend, we are all doing it together. We're returning to the upper room so that heavens can open more and more over us. So that God can do much more than he's already done. So that lives can be transformed. Circumstances can be changed. And then we can move forward than ever. Remember, he told us we will emerge infinitely what? Better at the end of COVID-19 than when we started it. Thank God for what God is doing already. Thank God for what God has done. When we are rejoicing, we are thanking him. We are looking forward that every one of us who will return this weekend, everyone who will be part of it this weekend, you have something to show for your faith. You have a call to say, look, look at what God has done. He has done this for me. The word came and I've experienced it. That you will also be able to share your testimony testimony, not just one, not just two, not just three, not just a few, but all of us that will return. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the nations gather, the nations return, represented by the Feast of Tabernacles. And like as mentioned earlier on, he now gave them the word. He said, during the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to proclaim the word. They, they was, he gave them the mandatory reading of they gather together as nations, you know, and then to and during the feast of time, they were to read the word. It was mandatory. They were to proclaim the word. And that's why let's go to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31 from verse number 10. The mandatory reading. Number one, it was the Feast of Tabernacles represents what? Completion and what? Perfection. 
seventh feast for st- to be celebrated for seven days in the seventh month. Number two, they were to bring their free will offering in appreciation of what he has done for them. Number three, he commanded them to what? To rejoice. Number four, it was the gathering of nations, the only feast where nations are to also gather together with the Jews, which eventually was fulfilled in Christ when he brought the entire nations together. Number four and number five, the mandatory reading of the law. Every seven years, they were to read. If you've not been reading, he said, this time, you read it, you proclaim it, you declare it. From verse number 10, Moses commanded them by saying, at the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord, your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and what? Women. And what again? Little ones. Can you see? Men and women. Don't send the little ones away and say they are disturbing. Gather everyone together. Bring the babies to the presence of the Lord. Bring the little ones to the presence of the Lord. That is one of the ways to secure your generation, to pass on the values you believe in. If you send them away, you are sending them away for somebody else to give them wrong values. And the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear what? Can you see again? Gather together. Not just the people, but even the stranger within your gates. Those who are what? Who are not part of you. Those who do not belong to the commonwealth of Israel. Who are strangers to the covenant of promise. Those who are visitors. Those who are residents amongst you. Who probably were not born there. Gather everyone that they may hear. And that they may learn to what? To fear the Lord your God. And carefully observe all the words of this law. Verse number 13. And that their children, their children who have not known it, known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. When your children, when they start to speak the word you're speaking, when they start to live according to the values you believe in, that is, those are indicators to you that yes, you are traveling in the right direction. You are doing the job that God wants you to do. But when your values are not their values, when your words are not their words, those are indicators to you that you need to what? To return and say, Lord, I need your help. Thank God for these three days that is coming. We're going to return the thanking, but we're also what? Returning to say, Lord, we want, we need your help. Need your help in this area of our lives, in that area of our life, in this area of our life, because our children are very important to God. They must carry our values. They must reflect what we believe in. They must speak the words we believe in. The moment there's a gap, that generation is about to be lost. God does not want us to lose the next generation. One of the challenges with our society is this. Youth are not embracing the faith of their parents. They are traveling in a completely wrong trajectory. And 
Let me tell you something. When you choose a particular destination, you can be sure of where you choose a particular direction, you can be sure of the destination you will arrive on. The moment you choose a different path from that of faith and you are traveling in that direction, you're going to arrive in a destination that you do not desire. Amen. So we are gathering together with what? Let the men gather. Let the women gather. Let the children gather. Don't say you are busy. Don't say I need, oh yes. Don't, 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 don't let anything stop you from gathering. Don't let anything stop you from being part of these three days of praying and fasting. Because we're going to rejoice after it. We're going to celebrate the goodness of the Lord because of the things that he would do for us in those three days. We're ending it with war. Communion. Ending it with communion. Somebody say, for how long should I fast? You do the best that you can. Hello? You do the best that you can. But for all of us, when we're in the morning, we break at four. We break at four. But you do the best that you can. Because God knows your situation. You know, but if you say, okay, I'm fasting, and then I'm not eating anything at 7, 7 a.m. By, by uh, Lord, I've tried. This is two hours now. I need to go and eat something by 9 a.m. You, you have not done anything. I lived among some pe- a, a particular group of people for 10 years when I was in, you know, involved in planting churches in northern part of, of Nigeria. And during those times, you know, when, during fasting, people would not eat during the, during the day, but from about maybe about 2 to about 5 or 6, they, they will be eating throughout. So they account for the food they've missed out in the, during the day at night. They eat at night, they don't eat during the day. They just swap it. You know, when there's no fasting, they eat during the day. When there's fasting, they eat during the night. You know, that is not fasting. And not only that, you don't have to go about and come to and go, oh, they say, what's wrong with you? They say, we're fasting. Yeah, we're fasting. No, don't, don't do that. It's between you and the Lord. This is something that between you and what? And the Lord. So that God, who is seen in secret, will bless you openly. In Jesus' name. I ask you something. I said, know some words. Proclaim. What does it mean to proclaim? Is to declare. What does it mean to proclaim? Is to announce. To announce before heaven. To announce to principalities and powers. What does it mean to proclaim? Is to decree. And the Bible says that you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. And I want to lead you this morning to proclaim. I want to lead you. When he said to them, read the law, proclaim the words. Those are very, very important. Because the moment you proclaim, you are taking steps to plant those words in your spirit. The moment you are in your spirit, no force on earth can stop them from coming to pass. When you continue to proclaim them. And these words that we will proclaim together, you proclaim them in the afternoon of today. Proclaim them later on, maybe in the evening. Proclaim them regularly over your life. They are very, very important. Why? Let's go to, let's go to, let me take you to a scripture that I'm, I'm really getting to really like so much. Jeremiah 31 from verse number 7. Jeremiah 31 from verse number 7. What does it say? Jeremiah 31 from verse number 7. Jeremiah 31 from verse number 7. Verse number 7. Jeremiah 31. 31 from verse number 7. Open your Bible to it. What does Jeremiah 31, 7 say? For thus says the Lord. Again. Did you hear that? For thus says the Lord. Sing with gladness for Jacob. What did we see in Numbers 10? In the day of your gladness. Sing with the Lord 
sing with gladness for Jacob. That is why, you know, in these three days we'll be singing with gladness, thanking God for what he has done for you. Thanking God for the little, thanking God for the much. And shout among the chief of nations. What do you shout? Proclaim. Can you shout? Proclaim. Shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim. And then what again? Give praise and say, Oh Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Three things are there. Number one, proclaim. Number two, praise. Number three, prayers. Proclaim. One, two, praise. And then say, Oh Lord, save your That's prayer. Proclaim, praise, and prayer. Proclaim. And that is why I'm ending this word. I'm ending this message this morning or this afternoon by our, by our by proclamation. We want to proclaim. What do we proclaim? I will take you to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 from verse number one. From the where? From the uh, Good News Translation. Psalm 91 from verse number one. Good News Translation. We are proclaiming this over our lives. We are proclaiming this over our family. We are proclaiming this over our children. We are proclaiming this. Psalm 91 from verse number what? Verse number one. It says, it reads, and I quote, whoever goes to the law for safety, whoever remains under the protection of the Almighty can say to him, what will he say to him? You are my defender and my war protector. I told you that. I got it from here. You are my defender and my protector. You are my God in you I trust. He will keep you safe from all hidden dangers. And from all what? What is COVID-19? It will keep you safe from all deadly diseases. It will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will what? Will protect and defend you. Now I want us to proclaim this together. That I have come to the Lord. I will remain under his protection. Therefore, I'm saying, Lord, you are my defender and my protector. You are my God. In you, I trust. You will keep me safe from all hidden dangers, from all deadly diseases including COVID-19 or any other deadly disease. You will cover me with your wings. I will be safe in your care. Your faithfulness will protect and defend me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Deuteronomy. 28. Deuteronomy chapter what? No, let's go to 33. 33. Deuteronomy 33. 33 from verse 21. Now, I read the other one from Good News. I'll read this one from NIV. Deuteronomy 33 from verse number uh, 26, 25, 25. three from 26, I mean 25. It reads, and I quote, the bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, 
and your strength will be equal to your days. That means that as you grow old, your back will not be just be bent, and your strength will not be what? Ebbing away. Your strength will not be what? Going away. That in your old age, you still be strong as ever. People will look at you and say, where is he getting his strength from? This is where your strength is coming from. As you proclaim this and you believe this in your life. So there's no one like who? The God of Jeshurun. Who rides the heavens? Who rides across the heavens to help you? And on the clouds are his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge. Underneath are his everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you say what? Destroy them. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those enemies of lack, one, sickness, disease, whatever it is. God says, I will get rid of them. I will destroy them for you. Let's go ahead and proclaim it. The boards, the boards are my gates. The, the, the boards of my gates will be iron and bones. My strength will equal my days. There's no one like the God of Jeshurun. Who raised the heavens to help me? And on the clouds are his majesty. The eternal God is my refuge. Underneath are his everlasting arms. He will drive out my enemies. Before me, saying, destroy them. In Jesus' name. Amen. He will drive out those enemies before you, saying, destroy them in the name of Jesus. Finally, let's go to 2 Corinthians. This is about your finances. That know what, because, you know, in the midst of all this situation happening, <laughs> you, you, you will not lack help. You find supernatural support in the name of Jesus. As you declare this over your life, in Jesus' name, God himself will favor you, grant you favor and help. In the name of Jesus. Verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, it reads, and I quote, And God is able to make all grace to abound towards me, so that, always, so that you always have enough sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Look at that. He said, and God is able. My God is able. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always have enough sufficiency. In all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Because there's no lack in heaven. Amen? There's no recession in God's kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now let's proclaim this together. And my God is able to make all grace abound towards me. So that always having all sufficiency in all things, I will have abundance for every good work. I have all sufficiency in all things, and I have abundance for every good work in Jesus' name. Amen. Just rise up and start to thank God. Thank God for the word. We have made some powerful proclamations today. And as you've declared, as you've mentioned, that is your Lord. In the name of Jesus, receive grace to be part of the three days of praying and fasting. In Jesus' name. Because they will reshape. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will reform. Oh, he's going to replant your feet on higher ground. 
in the name of Jesus. There will be days of thanksgiving. We'll return to give him thanks. There will be days of making requests. We'll return to ask for him for more, for more grace. And I'm telling you, he will release sufficiency into our lives. He will release abundance to our lives. You will not lack any good thing. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to thank you so much, O oh Lord, for your word. For the feast you gave your people. And the fulfillment even in the New Testament. And the meaning, the prophetic significance and the symbolism of all these feasts. They were not just things that you gave to them. You had a purpose for giving them. And thank you that the benefits are still for us today. We give you praise. We give you worship. We give you adoration. Thank you, wonderful Savior. We are imagining from this COVID-19 infinitely better than when we went in. Thank you so much, O oh Lord. You are Savior. Thank you so much because as many as are here to fully commit their hearts to you. Lord, I pray for them right now to commit their hearts to Jesus. Commit your hearts to Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart once again. He doesn't take anything. He's not asking to go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. He's not asking to go and swim the Red Sea. All he's asking is for you to just bow your head, humble yourself and say, Lord, come into my heart. Lord, as many as are saying, asking for this, I'm asking for a divine visitation for them. Touch every heart. Touch every life. Let there be transformation in Jesus' name. It's a new day for them. Thank you, Father. Because as, they be as you become their Savior, thank you so much. I'm asking, oh God, that they will experience your Lordship too. Lord, thank you because, Jesus, you are a healer. Jesus, you are a provider. Jesus, you are a protector and you are a defender. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration. And we shout once again, proclaim in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I will see you during the week, Tuesday and Thursday, for the church in the houses on Zoom. Everybody joining together. And then I will see you on Friday for what? The praying and fasting. Be ready for it. And I'll see you Friday, 6 p.m. Saturday, I'll let you know the times. And then Sunday, 10.30, uh, we'll finish it with communion. God bless you.